It's the Bradfield Weather Podcast, underwritten by McAllen Construction, a full-service construction company servicing the entire state of Connecticut for over 25 years. McAllen Construction, from the first dig to the last nail. I'm Dan Lavallo. He is Brad Field. We invite you to visit bradfieldweather.com and subscribe to the podcast on all of the major podcast directories is where we are located, Brad Field Weather. And my goodness, Brad, did I, I saw on Twitter, you sent a tweet out suggesting we could get some snow over the weekend here of May the 9th and 10th. I said, say it ain't snow, <laughs> but, uh, I'll tell you what, Dan, uh, yeah, I got a lot of reaction yesterday, but um, we had suggested, I played the podcast back from April 30th, and we had suggested that centered on the uh, late night of May 8th and the early morning of May 9th, that temperatures would be so cold, and I said to dramatize this, the prediction is even for some accumulating snow in the northwest and northeast hills of Connecticut. Well, Dan, as we uh, move toward uh, that day, which is now tomorrow, uh, which would be Friday, May 8th, we are looking at some nighttime snow, especially along and north of Interstate 84, and especially in the hilly terrain. So that would be one of the latest accumulating snowfalls uh, in 115 years of weather records here in Connecticut. And it looks like, it appears, it's going to be a reality. So, uh, you know, you were out walking your dog about an hour ago. I just came in from playing ball with my dog about five minutes ago. And I'll tell you, Dan, it is a glorious spring morning out there as we record this uh, podcast on Thursday morning, May 7th. It is a gorgeous, gorgeous day. But the weather is going to be changing, and we are going to see the uh, below-normal with respect to what's average, I think, continue for the balance of the month of May. This is incredible. And you know, it's not only our region, Connecticut and the Northeast. Even in Virginia, they are expecting frost, and they are expecting maybe even a little snow, and that hasn't happened since 1984 in that region. So it's not just us, so to speak. It it seems to be even further south than our region, Brad. Well, Dan, and you uh, mentioned to me that you and uh, Susan went out and you purchased some uh, some plants and uh, so forth to uh, spruce up the homestead. But I'll tell you what, Dan, at this point, uh, folks are going to have to be very, very careful. And if you've planted uh, your flowers already or they're, they're outdoors, if you can bring them in, I would. Uh, but on the other side of the coin, uh, you know, you might have to cover them or at least bring them into the garage or whatever, because this is extremely unusual. I'm not only talking about whether or not you get snow at your house, because uh, tomorrow night, even when it is snowing, uh, the temperature could very well be above freezing, like say 35, 36 degrees. So that really is not going to kill the plant. The The plant could get killed by the weight of the snow on top of it if, if we do get accumulations, which I do think will happen in some spots. But more importantly, Dan, following 
this little snow episode of Friday night and Saturday first thing in the morning. I think Saturday will be a very windy, very cold day with respect to what's average for the time of year. But Saturday night, there could be a widespread frost and freeze across Connecticut as skies clear. So this is a very uh, perilous time for uh, any kind of tender uh, vegetation or tender plants that you may have already purchased. Well, what is it? And by the way, I've gotten a lot of exercise just over the last few days, taking the plants in at night and then putting them out during the day. But what does it play from an atmospheric standpoint that continues to give us this kind of weather? Well, we are in the ridge trough pattern that I thought would set up for the winter time, and it has finally set up. And uh, I'm seeing other meteorologists posting uh, the exact same thing that uh, my thought processes were, that if this uh, pattern had even established itself, say, in February and March, we would be talking about epic snowfalls. But the pattern for people who don't like snow, thankfully, waited until we got into the month of April, and even still, we had accumulating snow in the month of April. So what, what is happening now is we have a, a, a pattern that if, if this had been back a few months, Dan, we would be talking about near zero cold at night or below zero. We would be talking about major snowfall threats coming at us. Think of all the rainstorms we've had in the last few weeks. Uh, if we back this pattern up a few months, instead of pouring rain and in the 40s with, with uh, you know, with the, the storm happening in April or May, we would have had heavy snow and temperatures in the 20s if this had been back in, say, January or February. So we've got the pattern that's set up. Um, I talk about the thermal balance of the Earth. Uh, I talk about the what goes up must come down theory. We talk about the rubber band theory. Well, we've got huge ridging and we've got huge troughing. So we've got very mild. You're going to hear about, uh, you know, midsummer uh, potential record heat, uh, places like West Texas, um, New Mexico, for example. The entire state of Alaska, and by the way, check it out sometime, Alaska can basically sit in the lower 48 of the United States. It is a massive state. Uh, the entire state of Alaska is above normal in terms of temperature, but that's that ridge that I spoke of. It's pumped way, way up through Alaska and up toward the North Pole. But then coming down on the front side of that ridge is the deep trough that's uh, out through the uh, Great Lakes and eastern sections of Canada, and the, that positioning is bringing us a stormy pattern, but it's also bringing us a pattern that's cold with respect to what's normal. Now, I want to pick up on that in just a moment, but you mentioned Alaska, and as you said, we're putting this podcast together on May 7th. The high in Anchorage today is going to be 60 degrees, Brad. Yeah, wow. Wow, that's about as warm as it's going to be here today. Yeah. So, uh, and, 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 and you know, the thing is, Dan, uh, you did that research of um, the month of April, no 70-degree days. Well, we had a, 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 a beautiful last weekend. We, we had told you on the last podcast that 
Um, the, the first weekend of May looked spectacular, and it, it absolutely was. But you're going to have to hold on to that memory for a while because, you know, when you, you talk about a colder-than-average pattern or a warmer-than-average pattern, that does not mean that every single day is going to be uh, below average. For example, the month of April averaged 3.5 degrees colder than average per day. But, um, you know, it's, it's the type of thing where I say if you're a B student, it doesn't mean every single day you get a B, a B, you know, an 85, an 85, an 85 on every test, and then you're a B student. You know, you might get a 100 one day and then a 70 one day and then an 85 one day and you average it all out and you're a B student. So it's the same thing with weather patterns. You get your ups and downs, but then you average it out and see what it comes to. Uh, and when we did all the averaging for the month of April, we found that on a daily basis, you add up all the uh, 30 days of April and, uh, you know, divide by 30. And it came to that we were three and a half degrees below average every single day. I think that by the time we get through the month of May, we're going to see pretty much a similar thing. Uh, we're at the time of year now, Dan. I was checking the uh, normals for today. This again, Thursday, May 7th. The average high temperature is 68, and the average low temperature is 45. So picture that, Dan, 45. You should safely be able to keep your plants outdoors at night. In order to get down to that 32-degree mark, we have to be averaging 13 degrees below average on that day to get down to 32 at night. So we are in a very cold pattern for the time of year. We talk about, you know, you say it's cold, it's 32. In the wintertime, you wouldn't call that cold because, you know, people get used to it and they're used to it being 32. Now, if it's 12, you call that cold. But in the middle of the winter, you don't really call 32 all that cold unless there's a big wind with it or something. But this time of year, that is darn cold. That's 13 degrees below average. And we could be seeing that on Friday night, parts of the state. We will be seeing that on Saturday night, parts of the state. We'll probably be seeing that Sunday night, parts of the state. And even when the temperature starts to moderate and move up towards, say, 40 for the low temperature at night, you're still talking a weather pattern that's five degrees colder than average. So we always have to look with respect to what is average for the certain date. You mentioned that ridge trough, and we know it's going out in the West, including what's taking place in Alaska. But I also read you've got what's happening in the West, and the Greenland block is back in play, and that puts us in the squeeze, our area. Have you read anything about the Greenland block returning? <laughs> Dan, I was looking for this all winter long. You know me, probably the biggest snow lover in Connecticut, or at least tied for the biggest snow lover <laughs> in Connecticut. I mean, there may be huge snow lovers in Connecticut, but we are always, always looking for that Greenland block. And you know why? because it slows the storms down. You want the storm to track to the benchmark 4070. But if you've got that block in place, the Greenland block in place, you've got the storm tracking towards 4070, 
and then it can't go anywhere. It's more or less stuck there. And our biggest snowstorms, you go back and you look at something like the blizzard of 78, for example, the storm moved out toward 4070, encountered the Greenland block, and essentially went around in circles south and east of Nantucket. It just sort of circled there. I remember there was the 100-hour storm uh, back in uh, 1969, where for 100 consecutive hours, Dan, that's more than four days, for 100 consecutive hours, snow is reported at Logan Airport. Again, complements of the Greenland block. It's a situation where... This winter, we had a few storms come along. They would track along, give us four, six inches of snow or whatever, and then move merrily on their way because they were fast movers. The snow would be in and out in less than 12 hours. But when you have a block in place, all of a sudden, instead of 12 hours, you're getting a storm that's lasting 24 hours, perhaps 36 hours. And depending on the severity of the block, maybe longer. So instead of getting maybe two hours of heavy snow, you end up with getting maybe eight hours of heavy snow. And it can re- that's where we get what we call our block busters, when that Greenland block is in place. And yes, indeed, it is in place because you think about it, you have to have, you, you think about the circulation around low pressure, counterclockwise, and high pressure, clockwise. So you cannot have like a high-pressure system right next to a high-pressure system. The flow pattern doesn't work. You have to have high-pressure, low-pressure, high-pressure. And in the upper atmosphere, you have to have ridge, trough, ridge. So the Greenland block is essentially that, that ridge that's gone up through Alaska, then the trough that's come down into the eastern United States, and then right around Greenland, a big ridge again. So you've got the trough that we're in stuck between the two ridges, and that's the reason that we have the, the, the storms slow down and so forth, and that's essentially the Greenland block. Well, there you, there you have an explanation for people who are wondering. That's a tremendous explanation. I want to talk for just a moment about McAllen Construction the underwriter, to our Bradfield Weather Podcast. First of all, I can't tell you how honored Brad and I are that McAllen Construction is part of our podcast. And McAllen Construction wants you to know that, listen, we all know that we're going through tough times, but they are there for you. McAllen Construction, a woman-owned, small minority business servicing the entire state for over 25 years. On call, 24-7, year-round. McAllen Construction, licensed with the state of Connecticut and insured. They are licensed as a major contractor, new home construction contractor, plumbing and piping limited P7, a home improvement contractor, and subsurface sewage installer. Also utility, carpentry, excavation, and snow removal. I know Brad is talking about snow in May in our forecast. Now, you might not need snow removal even with a May snow, but once winter comes, you'll need snow removal. And McAllen Construction engages in snow removal for residents, commercial businesses, and state and local governments. They are there for you. McAllen Construction, a full-service construction company servicing the entire state on call 24-7. 
Call them today at 203-758-3474. That's 203-758-3474. Or visit McAllen Construction online at McAllenConstructionCT.com. McAllenConstructionCT.com. McAllen Construction. From the first dig to the last nail. Now, Brad, you... uh you uh, talked about the weather and hour by hour with snow in the forecast for Friday, May the 8th. Can you give us the hour by hour breakdown? Absolutely, Dan. Uh, by Friday morning, so this is uh, May 8th, Friday morning, we'll have a storm in southern Illinois. Uh, by Friday evening, that storm will track to the Pennsylvania, Maryland border, and we'll start coming under the influence of the storm. Uh, by the middle of the night, Friday night, so going, uh, I'd say around 2 in the morning, Saturday morning, the uh, low-pressure area should be located over Long Island. And then by Saturday daybreak, I think the storm will be off Cape Ann, Massachusetts. So that's the storm track, again, from Illinois to Pennsylvania-Maryland border to Long Island, and then by Saturday morning up near uh Cape Ann, Massachusetts, which is up near Gloucester and Beverly and so forth. So tomorrow morning when you wake up, uh, you know, around 8 in the morning, having maybe your second cup of coffee, it looks like it'll be dry statewide. By about 2 in the afternoon, I think light rain is going to break out, especially over southwestern Connecticut, say south and west of Waterbury, for example. But by 8 in the evening, it's going to be raining statewide, and everyone's going to be saying, oh, Brad busted this forecast. Where's the snow? There's no snow. It's raining, all that. But the rain will serve to mix down colder air from the upper atmosphere, and by about 2 in the morning, we will see a wintry mix along and north of Interstate 84. Dan, I think out your way, most of Litchfield County and I think northwest Hartford County, instead of seeing the wintry mix of rain and snow mixed, I think we're going to see pure snow, and uh, it could pile up. By 8 in the morning on Saturday morning, this is Saturday, May 9th, I think it may very well be snowing in the northwest and northeast hills of Connecticut. Uh, places from Waterbury to Torrington should be snowing uh, when you wake up on Saturday morning. Uh, places from the high spots, the Willimantic, Wyndham area, up toward Putnam, uh, should be snowing on Saturday morning. And uh, in terms of percentages, Dan, uh, the National Weather Service uh, has issued those percentages that we, we've, we've talked about before and I find uh, pretty interesting. The percentages of covering of snow uh, on when you wake up on Saturday morning, there's a 64% chance of a coating of snow in Torrington, a 61% chance in Putnam, a 60% chance in Willimantic, now, here, this is important. Um, along the I-84 corridor from Danbury to Waterbury, there's a 53 to 56% chance of a coating. Um, up the I-91 corridor, there's about a 50-50 chance from Hartford to Windsor Locks. And out uh, Norwich Way, so interior southeastern Connecticut, about a 50-50 chance. Along the shoreline from Bridgeport to New Haven to New London, there's about a 1 in 3 chance of getting a little coating of snow. Now, Dan, at your home, 
there's a pretty good shot of getting an inch of snow. Um, <laughs> Torrington, there's a 48% chance of getting an inch. Uh, and out Putnam Way, northeast hills of Connecticut, there's about a 41% chance of getting an inch. Uh, along I-84 from Danbury to Waterbury to Hartford, about a one in three chance of getting an inch. And uh, the I-95 corridor from Bridgeport to New Haven to New London, only about a one in 10 chance of getting an inch of snow. And uh, Dan, your way, Torrington, you've got the highest total in the state. The odds of getting a two-inch storm for Torrington is about one in three. So uh, there you have the odds. So, you know, this is certainly, by New England standards, not a big storm of, of, of any consequence. But the, the, the fact of the matter is, in, in the last full month of spring, to wake up and have any snow covering at all is incredibly unusual. Well, and, you know, any snow that we get, whether it's one inches or two inches, is going to go quickly. It'll be done by the end of the day anyway, right? The snow will melt? Right. Oh, yes. The snow the snow is even going to have trouble uh, accumulating in the middle of the night on Friday night and into Saturday. So that's why, I mean, I've seen some computer modeling that would indicate, uh, you know, even Bradley has a shot of getting maybe five inches of snow. But you have to consider, you just have to say, wait a second here. The ground is warm, number one. Number two, what is the low temperature going to be, say, at Bradley Friday night? 36, 35, 36. It's going to have to snow like a son of a gun to uh, accumulate. And then on the other side of the coin there, it'll be melting as it, as it hits because so, so it, it's the type of thing that it's, it's just more of a curiosity than anything. I, I absolutely don't think we're going to have to worry about shoveling or anything like that. And if, if that happens, uh, you know, I'm totally wrong. I mean, there was a storm uh, that, that storm that we talk about a lot on May 9th, 1977 it brought between one and two inches of snow in the valley at at uh, windsor locks at bradley international but it brought 20 inches to norfolk so you know you would definitely have to shovel 20 inches if something <laughs> like that happened but at this point i uh you know i would say that is a very remote uh possibility well, that's the perfect lead-in to our On the Weather Map segment. What's bringing all of this about? And, by the way, what's going to create the winds in the aftermath of the storm? Okay, good question, Dan. It's the, uh, the funneling effect between uh, departing low pressure and advancing high pressure. It's uh, what we call the pressure gradient. If someone has a barometer at home, when the barometer uh, goes up and is high, that's high pressure. That means sinking air. That means absence of cloud cover, absence of stormy weather. But the opposite effect is true. Low pressure, rising columns of air, uh, cloud formation, precipitation formation. Where you get the differentiation between low and high pressure, in other words, a storm system is departing as I said on Saturday morning, and high pressure is advancing, you get a squeeze play of pressure between the two systems, and you will, that's where you get your rapidly flowing uh, 
air problems or, or your wind. And I, I see uh, wind being with us on both Saturday and Sunday uh, as this big low pressure system moves on by. But um, on the weather map, I told you about the track of the storm, Dan, um, from Friday morning in southern Illinois to Friday evening on the Pennsylvania-Maryland border, then to Long Island in the middle of the night, Friday night into Saturday. That's when we're going to get the snow up here in northern Connecticut. And then um, Saturday daybreak, it will be off of Gloucester, Massachusetts, and moving away. But uh, we will see on Saturday the low off the New Hampshire uh, coastline. Sunday, Dan, um, is Mother's Day. So I'd like to, um, and I, I know on behalf of you, we'd like to wish all the moms in yes. our, our listening audience, you know, a, a very, very happy Mother's Day and, you know, I, I, I wish everybody could see their loved ones on, on Sunday, but I know in, in these times that in a lot of cases that's not going to happen. But, um, you know, virtual hug and uh, love to all the moms out in our audience. But we'll see the departing low in the Canada Maritimes on Sunday and an advancing high over North Carolina. And that's that wind funnel, Dan, that I talked about uh, from the north and west. That's with us on Sunday. Uh, a weak low-pressure area will be riding across Pennsylvania and New York at daybreak Monday. That's going to bring us some light showers here on Monday and, and keeping it unusually cold for the time of year. But I saved the best news for last. After that weak little low goes by on Monday, I see on Tuesday from North Dakota to western North Carolina, high pressure building in. And on Wednesday, that high is from Michigan to Virginia. So we're incrementally warming uh, from the low 50s to the upper 50s. And then by Thursday of next week, so in other words, exactly a week from today, Dan, that high is going to be pushing off Delaware. Remember, we're clockwise around the high. So once that high gets offshore and into the Atlantic, we're going to start to see a southerly flow and maybe just maybe by Thursday of next week, we could finally be getting back toward normal, which again, on this day, Thursday, May 7th, the normal high is about 68. So by next week, it'll probably be up into the low 70s by uh, Thursday, May 14th. So, but, but the point is, finally by then, maybe a week, seven, eight days from now, we could be back at normal again, which means a temperature up near 70, but not until, definitely well, not until. Well, that's that's great news for people who love spring, but let's look to our crystal ball segment now because you had mentioned something looking out that you don't see much change for the rest of the month of May. What is the crystal ball segment? No, like? no. The, the National Weather Service, Dan, has put out their 6- to 10-day uh, predictions, their 8- to 14-day predictions, and their week 3- and 4 predictions. And uh, it paints kind of a gloomy gust situation for us here in New England. Uh, we really are paying the price now for having such a, uh, an easy winter. We are having a lousy spring, you know, with respect to uh, what we should typically expect in, in uh, springtime here. But uh, anyway, from, say, the middle of next week to the end of next week, once we get past our seven-day forecast, so middle of next week, Wednesday, May 13th, on through next weekend, the core of the coldest air with respect to what's average is over Michigan, New York, Massachusetts, Vermont, and New Hampshire. So 
we are chilly. We are chilly. And again, those averages are 68 for the daily high, 45 for the nightly low, but we will be considerably cooler than that on a day-by-day basis. The week of uh, week three of May, the week beginning around Sunday, May 17th, the upper Midwest, the Great Lakes, and New England are cold with respect to average. And the week number four, beginning Sunday, May 24th, and remember now, Dan, that's Memorial Day uh, coming up uh, Monday, uh, May 25th. The core of the cold with respect to average, the Great Lakes, New England, and as you said today about what's going on down in Virginia, the Mid-Atlantic, it's still cold with respect to average. So uh, if I had to bet the house, I would say that May is going to come in just like April on the uh, definitely on the cold side of what's average. Very interesting. Uh, That said, then uh, let's put a ribbon. What does our forecast look like as we put a ribbon on the podcast? Yeah, it's a beautiful day out there today, Dan. Try to enjoy it if you can this afternoon. Sunshine. Uh, Clouds will be, some clouds will be coming in. Temperature between 60 and 65. Now, we're going to have a shower overnight tonight, a rain shower, I suspect, uh, with temperatures in the 30s and low 40s. But that rain shower, What that represents is a reinforcing cold front that will be coming through tonight. And that is what's going to set the stage for the storm. The storm is that that cold front is going to sort of be hung up off the New England coast. And the low pressure system coming out of Illinois, going to Pennsylvania, uh, Maryland, then up to Long Island is riding that front. So we've got the cold air over us and the storm riding that front. So for Friday, it looks cloudy with late-day showers, but with the uh, ultraviolet rays coming through the clouds, it's going to get up into the 50s and low 60s, but you know that's still a good 10 degrees colder than average. Friday night, though, no ultraviolet rays to worry about, no solar radiation. So rain will be mixing with and changing to snow especially along and north of I-84, temperatures in the 30s. Um, some cold spots, Colebrook, Goshen, for example, could get down to maybe 29, something like that. But that is darn cold for the time of year. Uh, Saturday, a very windy day with leftover sprinkles and some showers, unusually cold. Temperatures in the 40s, some low 50s at the shoreline at night be in the 30s once again with frost and freezes and spots. Sunday, Mother's Day, a mix of sun and clouds. It's windy and cool. Uh, Temperature between 56 and 62. Scattered showers on Monday. Temperatures still averaging 10 degrees colder than average in the 50s on Monday. Tuesday, sunny and in the 50s. Wednesday, sunny and 56 to 62. And, Dan, next Thursday, we could be way up into the 60s. So you have to go to day seven, day eight of our forecast. But uh, there, there, there is some better weather ahead. Well, thank goodness for that. And, uh, <laughs> again, before we wrap up the podcast, Brad, and I know you feel the same way, a big thank you to those on the front lines battling our COVID-19 pandemic, uh, without them, I mean, we just we just have to salute them and say a big thank you to everybody who's in this fight for sure. Absolutely. Thank you for uh, saying that, Dan. 
And again, uh, as you mentioned, a happy Mother's Day to all the moms and uh, to uh, you and to uh, Sandy and a happy Mother's Day to uh, your wife and to uh, our, our, our entire audience. Uh, Brad, uh, hope they have a, a great week. Absolutely. I hope uh, I hope all the moms get to uh, at least hear from their their children on uh, Sunday. And uh, I hope, uh, you know, through the COVID-19 crisis, I hope uh, everyone can can celebrate uh, to the to the best of your ability. Well said. Our Brad Field weather podcast has been underwritten by McAllen Construction, servicing the entire state of Connecticut, a full-service construction company. They're on call 24-7 year-round. McAllen Construction, from the first dig to the last nail.